I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another fabulous day in the Lord's neighborhood, and uh, welcome to another episode of Coffee, the Bible, and Page. I'm Page, your caffeine-imbued host. Here's my coffee. In the beginning, coffee and low, it was very good. I didn't do a devotion yesterday because I'm kind of, I was wrestling with an issue of, am I done with the book of Joshua? Because we finished up in chapter 11 and chapter 12 till almost the end, where we're going to be today. Um, it's all about the just the divvying up of the land that's been conquered to the different tribes and everything, and a lot of details. And um, I'm thinking, gosh, is it time to move on to another story? And I actually did another devotional in the uh, opening up of the Gospel of Luke, which will be the next gospel I attack. Uh, but I didn't feel I was done yet. And I decided to go back and finish off Joshua. And we're going to be in chapter 24 today. And, uh, and then, then we'll go from there into Judges. So I'm going to save Luke for a little further on down the road. I don't... This, this chapter really hit me hard in a way that I really wasn't expecting. And it's all about the end of an era. And by the end of an era, I mean from Adam and Eve to this moment with Joshua. Specifically, even more, from Abraham to Joshua. And its uh, I was saddened when I read this. And I'll explain to you in a minute. Let's just read this. Let's just read chapter 24, and then I'll explain my thoughts, where the Lord's taking me with all this. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him through Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there and brought you out. And when I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea, but they cried to the Lord for help. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. You, He brought the sea over them and covered them. 
you saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites, who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, and Jebusites, only the Ite brothers. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land in which you did not toil, and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from the vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now, Fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but as for me in my household, we will serve the Lord. Mm. I love that verse. It's really close to the top of my favorite verses of all time. I'm going to read that again. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out of Egypt and from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, and this is hard, listen. Joshua said to the people, you're not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you've chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the, people, the second time he had to say that makes you wonder if this was an issue. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people and there at Shechem, he have reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath-serah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. 
Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done in it for Israel. And Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the tract of land that Jacob bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. And Eleazar, son of Aaron, died and was buried at Gibeah, which had been allotted to his son Phinehas in the hill country of Ephraim. Three burials. Joshua, Joseph, Eleazar. It was a deep, since it was the deep desire of the ancients to be buried in their homeland, these, these notices not only mark the conclusion of the story and the close of an era, but also underscore the fact that Israel had indeed been established in the promised homeland. The Lord had kept his covenant promises. He had promised Abraham, and this is a, this is a conclusion of that. And with this, the story of Joshua concludes. And with this brings the close of an era between Abraham to this moment. And when I read this chapter, I was saddened. Saddened in the way, in the sense that in this telling of the story between Abraham and this point, there are so many heroes, huge things accomplished by men and women of God, um, incredible victories, incredible stories of the way the Lord delivered and came through and protected and guided. Oh, there's so many heroes in this story. And now the story is done. And we're getting ready to start a new era, a new chapter. Now Israel has is now living in the land that had been promised to Abraham. The story is over. And here's why I get saddened by it. I'm a huge fan of the Rocky series of movies, Rocky Balboa. Um, and in the very last installment of the Rocky movies where he was boxing, fighting, uh, at the end, in that last movie, and, and by the way, if this is, if I'm spoiling this, movie spoiling this for you, uh, lighten up. You should have watched it by now. But in the last Rocky movie, before he transitioned over into the series of Creed movies, which is the ongoing story without Rocky, in his last Rocky installment, Polly's gone. His wife is gone, dead, both of them dead. His old neighborhood is gone. Um, all the things that we associated with that story are gone. And he is living in the twilight of his life. And almost everything that he had loved is gone. Almost all the people he had loved is gone. And it was it's sad watching that character deal with that. And I was sad because that's the end of the Rocky story for me. And part of me wants the Rocky story to continue, but it can't. Rocky's old now. He can't fight anymore. The, you know, the, the things that made Rocky Rocky is, are gone now. His indomitable spirit, his um, incredible ability 
to defeat people that he should have no business being able to defeat. Another story, series of stories, The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, et cetera, et cetera. The last book in that series is called The Last Battle. And in that last battle, everything comes to a conclusion. And as you close the book on that last story in this, in this series, you're saddened, at least I was, because it closes with all the characters, minus one, going further up and further in to Narnia. And you know that there's more adventures, but the author isn't writing any more stories. And I'm saddened because Susan doesn't make it to Narnia. And it's like part of me is sad when this great story is over. I know there's going to be more stories to come, but my heart was invested in that story. I think maybe that's what what the Lord is talking to me about through all this. Um, When Joshua dies, the story is over. New stories are getting ready to be written. There'll be new heroes, new generations of people following after God or not following after God. Joshua's story is done. And we are closing the books on this chapter of Israel's history. Israel has been born as a nation. Israel has realized the promises that God made to Abraham. In my life, um, I'm in the twilight of my years. I'm 67. Men in my family rarely live past their early 70s. So if that's true, if that holds true in my case, I could be five to six years away from going home to be with Jesus. And yet, and while that excites me, and it does, trust me, it does, there's part of me that's sad because I'm done doing great things. I've done everything pretty much that I'm going to do in this planet. Musically, I've played my last concert. Uh, I've played in front of my last huge audience. Um, I'm not gigging anymore. Um I'm not in any more I'm not going to be in any more bands, I don't think anyway. Um, people have stopped asking for my services as a musician, and I'm okay with that. In my day, I did everything a musician would dream of doing. I've recorded in Nashville. I've played overseas. I played in Gorky Park in in Russia. Um, I've played in front of crowds of thousands. I've played in on stage in in huge mega churches uh, with worship bands in front of thousands of people. I've composed music. I've composed music for a short film, which was a dream of mine. Um, I've composed choral pieces and orchestral pieces. I've done everything in my life that I've ever wanted to do. And as my life is winding down, and it is, uh, my body's starting to ache a little bit more. Um, I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure a couple years ago. That's under control for the time being. Uh, But I'm seeing my life wind down. My life is transitioning now into I'm moving into the background. 
And soon there will come a time when I will close my eyes here and open my eyes up in the presence of Jesus. And my family will have to move on without me. I've, I remember the days when my children were young and how they looked up to me. It was like dad was Superman to them. And they trusted me to make good decisions. They trusted me to take care of them. They're, they loved me and they trusted me. And now my children are grown and on their own and I have grandchildren now. And I'm watching my grandchildren look at their dad the way he, he used to look at me. And it's glorious. I'm moving into the shadows and my children are stage center. That's the way it should be. So there's a sadness in me when I read this story here because it's the end of an era. And when God takes me home, it'll be the end of an era. And my son and my daughter will be the matriarch and patriarch of their branches of the family. That's as it should be. And there's new stories being written. There's new adventures being had. My son and my daughter are doing things that I never dreamed of doing that I could never have seen myself do. And that's as it should be. The new generation is pushing forward. The old generation is fading into the background. Well, those that's the length and breadth of the feelings I had when I read this passage, this chapter. I'm saddened because Joshua is a hero of mine. And now he's done. And he's faded into the background. So I don't know if there's any one thing that I can uh, draw spiritually from all this, except that I'm always amazed at how the God directs my thoughts and my minds when I read a passage of Scripture. And the thing that amazes me most is that I'm almost always surprised I mean, I, I can go in and do a deep dive on this passage of Scripture, and we can talk about the covenants, and we can talk about their Israel's propensity for idolatry and everything. And we could talk about lots of things, and as we move on from here and go into Judges, we'll probably be doing some of that. But the overall sense that I get when I read this was one of just kind of a, a contented sadness as I close the story of Joshua. It's a great story. It concludes the story of Abraham and God's promises to Abraham. It concludes the story of Moses bringing the people out of Egypt. And now Joshua taking them into the promised land. It, a new chapter is getting ready to be written. That's the way it is in my family. My wife and I, we're the silver-haired senior citizens now, and our families honor us, and they bless us, but we're fading into the background. That's as it should be. And I look forward to the adventures that my son and daughter are going to have, and I, I look with pride upon the adventures that they've already had. And I am blessed beyond measure 
who've been their father. I'm blessed beyond measure to have been the husband of their mother. And I'm blessed beyond measure to be the grandfather, or papa as they call me, to my grandchildren. A happy kind of sad. That's what I think of when I read this. The story's done. It's time to close the book and get ready to move on to the next story. Isn't that the way life is supposed to be? And I will say this in closing. I'm satisfied with the way my life has turned out. I'm not perfect. I haven't always made perfect choices. And I haven't always been... I'm just not perfect. But... I've done everything I've ever wanted to do musically. I've done everything. I've gone everywhere I've ever wanted to travel to, really. And most importantly, I am satisfied to be called a son of God. I'm satisfied and overjoyed that the God of this universe knows my name. And that as imperfectly as I have served him, I have served him. He told me years ago, uh, when I was questioning him about my place in the body of Christ and my ministry, and in in my mind, I'm thinking about being a preacher or a worship pastor, something like that nature. And God said, told me, no, you're not going to be any of those things. He says, you have a ministry. Uh, You're a husband, you're a father, you're a son. I'm sorry, you're a husband, you're a father, and a friend. That's what he said. You're a husband, a father, and a friend. Fulfill your ministry. And from that time to this, I have sought to do just that. I have attempted to be the best husband I could be, to be the best father I could be, and to be the best friend I could be. I've attempted to love God with all my heart, soul, and mind, and to love my neighbor as myself. I've done it imperfectly, but I wake up every morning with that thought in mind. Today, I'm going to love God and love my neighbor. And I'm okay with that. Saying goodbye to Joshua affected me a little bit more than I thought it would. So as we close the book on Joshua, we're going to open up the book in Judges, and we're going to move into a totally new era and a new time for Israel. And the world will be impacted by the choices Israel makes in the new generation. All right. I think that's a good place to stop. Kind of happy, sad, right? Well, here's my coffee. I'm so grateful for coffee. I do love my coffee. Y'all have a great and glorious day. This is Paige. I'm out of here. Bye-bye.
God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither should my thoughts be your thoughts. You need to think for yourself.